You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. No power in the verse can stop me. What's going on, guys? My name's not El De Niro, and welcome to another episode of our fortnightly podcast, The Midnight Hour. This week, I'm taking charge. El De Niro is still here. Do not worry. It's not just me chatting shit for an hour and a half. Wouldn't it be please, funny yeah, if I Please say here? something so you <laughs> they're not sitting there going, shit, it's just him. Um, <laughs> this is kind of... Um, so, me and, me and El, every couple of weeks, will... Uh, try and generate some titles or some ideas on what we can do as topics for the podcast. And this is one that I came up with in uh, Half Asleep Stupor uh, the night before I was meant to record uh, the final film, the final day of my um, dissertation film. So, you know, uh, we'll lead into it there. And uh, it's basically about what defines you as a person and what defines us as people. And... It kind of comes from, like, we spoke a little bit recently about um, kind of, like, paedophiles and paedophiles, like, bear with me for a second, <laughs> paedophile rehabilitation and whether, you know, if they haven't actually done anything or if they're actively seeking help to stop themselves feeling that way, whether they're still bad people. And, you know, there's an old joke that I, you know, um, parrot every now and then that's, you know, a man builds a thousand bridges and sucks one dick and he isn't known as a bridge builder. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, that that old joke is really, you know, you can rephrase that in a ton of different ways, but you know, the kind of the thing hold tr- holds true. You know, how much does an act and what you know what we do define us? Yeah, as- I think a good one, like off the top of my head straight away, is um, Bill Clinton as president. I don't really think he did a whole lot wrong. I like, yeah. I have a vague understanding of American politics because, like, A, I'm an outsider from a neutral country, but B, I was born in the early 90s, so um, what would I know about uh, Clinton's regime? But I read an awful lot of stuff, and it seems to me that the only thing that Bill Clinton did actually ever lie about was the one thing that it shouldn't matter that he lies about mm. because it shouldn't influence his position as a politician and i feel like a lot of people still hold that over him rightly or wrongly and use it to influence their opinion of him as a politician (laughs) where i think he's a really good politician and i think he did a lot of good stuff i'm not saying it was all good but certainly his his ability to forge yeah like just lately the way he's able to go to north korea and pull prisoners out of north korea I don't really think that that gets respected enough. I yeah. think people are still just like, oh, well, this guy, he's the guy that they do the funny voice of on Family Guy. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, like cheated on his wife an awful yeah. lot and stuff like that. And I think that gets in the way of people's perception of him. Yeah, I I honestly wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if people kind of, like you kind of just, when you think of Bill Clinton, you don't think of, oh, the President of the United States. You think of, oh, the... You know the um, the guy who cheated on his wife. Like it's it's almost more synonymous with Bill Clinton is adultery than yeah. being president of the United States. Yeah, like sometimes uh, it's, it's just it's kind of that kind of thing. 
Yeah, like one act that you do mm. just turns the tide and the public opinion and indeed just the very perception of you. Yeah. And I would think that if you are subjected to that an awful lot, it has to have an, an effect on your own opinion of yourself. Mm. But um, you know, like what does define you as a person is just a really weird sort of abstract thing to ever have to think about. Yeah. But I, I think if you saw how other people see you, I think you'd be really surprised and sort of mm. freaked out a little bit because like, I don't, I don't know. This is a very, very vague, like stoner dude, bro thing to yeah. say, but the world is only your perception of yeah. the world. The world is only like a mirror image that bounces something into your brain that makes you like the world is only what you see of the world. Basically, mm. you don't see the world as it is. You see yeah. your perception of what the world is. And mm -hmm. because of that, there's just a huge spectrum of ways of interpreting things and forming opinion on things and, and perceiving things. And yeah. I think that can be a little bit terrifying and daunting to just think yeah, of in abstract. And I, I think that there's one, there's one thing that kind of links quite well with this. And I've always thought, in you know, in as much as... I first saw this kind of description as an image macro. So it was just, you know, text on a background of, you know, like a skyline at night or, you know, a city skyscape at night or whatever. Um, but it actually, you know, is, is a really interesting thought. And it's the definition of the word sonder. I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's the realisation that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and, co and complex as your own. Oh, shit, Populated yeah. with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries inherent craziness it's an epic story that continues invisibly around you you know everyone has their own story they're just you know kind of small parts you know nothing in yours but they but you're you know also nothing in theirs yeah you know it's that realization that everyone else has their own story and thinking that everyone is as complex you know you can easily forget walking going to london um you know and commuting there day after day Everyone there is living a life as complex as yours. Yeah, that's something that can be very, very, very difficult to grasp. Yeah. I think it, it it's so hard sometimes to actually personify a person. Mm. Like particularly, I like there are people that there's a guy I work with who is just like everything about him makes me want to punch him in the face like he is genuinely one of the most fucking excruciatingly intolerable humans i have ever mm. come across in my life and yet his perception of himself is probably as self-assured as i am about myself mm. and his perception of me is probably that i'm an all right guy who's a bit hostile and a bit difficult yeah. to talk to at times and like I think about that every now and then because I have to fucking like this. I, I hate this about myself, but I have to just wind myself back in and go, all right, I'm, I'm being overly rude to him mm -hmm. today. That's not fair. Like yeah. he doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't that, actually done anything. Yeah. And like, it's not my fucking place to like, I, I have no control over something like this. Like this, mm -hmm. this doesn't have any impact even on me outside of these walls like it's just something that i have to I, like i i feel like i really struggle with mm. uh with sort of 
not even judging people as such. I, I think everybody judges everybody, and I'm kind of cool with that yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. But I definitely, once I perceive someone negatively, it is very difficult for them to make their mm-hmm. way back in my head. And like, I have this feeling that that matters in some way and it doesn't at all like it makes no difference to anybody's life so if you think that everybody in the world has that exact thing going on in their heads at all times that's like mind-blowing like i'm not comfortable with that yeah so like it's really interesting like take that guy for you know as an example and you know you're ambivalent to him at best and you know kind of almost active distaste for him yeah as a kind of as, as a kind of general feeling towards him but you know say one day you leave your wallet at home and he buys you know he offers to get buy you lunch and you can just pay him back whenever you know like that's one act yeah and that can be you know you could have been there for months years of dislike and he does something that you really appreciate you know buying you lunch or whatever and suddenly you think you know maybe he's actually not that bad yeah you know maybe that one thing kind of makes you think of him differently and that's fascinating the fact that it can be one act and it can go the opposite way you know one guy can be the nicest like i think i've told this story before on the midnight hour but the um but we used to have a guy that came to my primary school who he was a local veterinarian and he had all these kind of animals you know like uh that you just wouldn't encounter day to day like he had a, du- a pet duck called charlie um and you don't get to like stroke a duck in your day-to-day life but when you're uh, in primary school that's a fucking big deal yeah hell uh, yeah. you know and he had you know like snakes spiders you know nothing really extreme but extreme enough that under 11s are amazed by it yeah definitely. <laughs> um and then you know a few years after i left primary school it turned out that he was a very active pedophile Holy and he shit. was yeah he was much beloved by everyone at the school and, you know, he was this absolutely awful person. And he brought a lot of joy to a lot of children. But it also, you know... Yeah, I... This is, this is obviously, a, you know, a really extreme example. Yeah, not but, everyone with ducks is a Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, like, you know, it's... You know... It's just such a massive thing, and it's like, do you classify him in the same realm as someone who accepts that they have this problem of being attracted to children and seeks, you know, psychological therapy and help and has never, you know, dared get anywhere near or seek out that type of yeah, that's... thing? You know, do you lump them together? That's like kind of, I think that's going to be the question of the next decade from 2020 Mm. onward. I I feel like we definitely need some kind of progressive scope on what makes up, like mentally and chemically, what is it Mm. that makes somebody, like, because I don't believe it's a thing that they can help. No. And even to scale it back a little bit, I think that social attitudes towards lots of minority groups have changed in ways Mm -hmm. that are very noticeable like social attitudes towards even like for example right not a lot of people know this but 
Irish people used to be the black people of the Western world. Um, the black people of the white people. Yeah, they were the black people of the white people. Like you know, it, it, like it's famously known that pubs in England and clubs in England in the fifty, the nineteen fifties, said no blacks, no Irish, no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. Mm. Like that. That's like quite recent history. And there's also yeah. this thing. There was a huge movement by. Um, the powers that be in Britain to create this perception of Irish people being stupid, the same way that there was a move to create the perception that black people are monkeys and, you know, mm-hmm. so, like, like that thing. Like, you as an English person have probably heard countless jokes about why Irish people are stupid. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and see, I never knew this was a thing until I moved to Scotland and I was on the receiving end of all of these, like, really obvious jokes, like, oh, why did the Irish man do And, like, it's like, I don't really understand. Like, I could never understand it because some of the greatest minds in history have come out of Ireland. Some mm. of the greatest creative writers in history came from Ireland. Yeah. And, like, we have a really small island. And it's things like that that drive you towards nationalism. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, the whole thing, like, Murphy's Law is a thing, right, where mm. it, it's a really cleverly made piece of cynicism. It's very, very witty. Uh, it's the idea that the, the, whatever, um, the worst thing what what is it the it's like the whatever the worst thing is that could happen at any will happen. time will happen yeah the, the, one of the lines of it is um the light at the end of the tunnel is the headlight of the oncoming train mm. um or the the odds of the butter falling or sorry the bread falling oh, butter yeah. side down is in direct proportion to the cost of the carpet it, it's a really witty thing that is just sort of harmless fun whatever in england that's called sod's law because mm. Murphy is an Irish name. Yeah. So, like, let's anglicize that and take the Irish out of it and call it Sod's Lot. Like, all, all stuff like that. This is a huge movement that happened. And, like, even say, like, the... the well, there, there are so many ways that... Like, the British attempted genocide against the Irish in the 19th century, which, like, just people just don't know this shit and stuff like that. And I was definitely going somewhere with this. Yeah, so social attitudes towards Irish people have obviously Mm. changed. Now, like, we're sort of the best people in the world to the point where I am annoyed by the perception of Irish people. And it's, like, Irish people go to, like, Malaga and Magaluf and and all this stuff, and they do all of the things that British people do. Mm. Like, they get drunk, they trash pubs, they throw chairs around, they fight each other. Yep. But Irish people are still loved abroad and English people are hated abroad. Yeah. And even Irish people have this perception now that, well, like the Brits are thugs, whereas we're, we we just love the crack. We just love going out and having a great time. Like, that's what Irish people do, whereas yeah. like English lads are too aggressive. And like, in my time, I kind of have found that to be true in my experiences. Like, mm. when I went to Barcelona as a Celtic fan with the Celtic fans, we were taking selfies with the riot police who were there yeah. to start. Like, that's how it was. Whereas I was told that when the Chelsea fans were there a few months beforehand, they had absolutely destroyed the pub and they all left in mm. handcuffs and stuff. And just being told an anecdote like that just reinforces this perception that, yeah, like, Irish people are just fucking deadly. Like, whereas... Yeah. <clears throat> English people are just really fucking hostile and aggressive. Yeah. And like, but that social attitude towards Irish people has changed massively. I think it's changed towards black people mostly, although mm-hmm. I, I think there is a huge racial undercurrent in, yeah. so even in, even in London, I think it exists. Um, 
like in the in the beaten down areas and stuff like that but yeah like just perceptions on the whole have the ability Mm -hmm. to change and i feel like they will eventually change to see like people who have this kind of affliction like such Mm -hmm. as pedophilia as people that need help and even if you wouldn't stretch it as far to say this guy needs help you should Mm -hmm. at least say this guy needs to be stopped before he can harm people yeah because obviously that's the threat really i guess yeah yeah i think you know with uh i think with a lot with a lot of things and with you know sorry um i think I think um, like with with things like that, where there's broad kind of generalizations about a group of people, um, be it on a small or a large scale, I find that I'm not my opinion of people isn't affected like negatively based on those stereotypes unless they completely kind of. Um, associate themselves and make who they are if they define themselves by being that characteristic yeah i i that really turns me kind of not against them but it really lowers my chances of you know thinking highly of them i think a part of that too is sort of the Kanye Conor McGregor thing that I mentioned on a previous episode where it's Mm. like people are like dude you're being really fucking arrogant and their response is of course I am I'm the fucking greatest like that kind of thing yeah I sort of see it and understand it I definitely see it with like minority groups who get told by the police and stuff you're nothing but thugs and stuff and then then Mm. they dress like like it's sort of like well if this is what you see me as what is what is the actual point like I I, yeah I kind of understand that to a degree, Mm. but I also see it in, there's sort of a huge um, disconnect between the progressive left's opinions on say, um, like black people or like Mm -hmm. people who are say people, impoverished people who are going to prison for certain crimes. And there's a, a tendency to view them as equally as victims. And like, I feel that within me, I have that capacity and I have that tendency and I lean towards it an awful lot. But at the same time, you hear about people sponging off the government and mm-hmm. think that person is a fucking scumbag. Like they don't want to work. They haven't worked yeah. a day in their life and stuff. And I think that deep down, if you studied it, you would find that they too are a victim of that way of thinking. That's all they've ever known. That's all they've ever been raised to do. How are they supposed to know how to live what you think is the proper way of living. Mm-hmm. Like how how do you even define that? Like I yeah. I really struggle with that sometimes. I like I no. legit wonder I, like am I being really overly harsh here or yeah. are they just scum, you know? Yeah. So interestingly saying all of that about um Irish and being Irish and kind of all of these things would you given I don't know, given, given like a, if you were to give a bio of yourself for a Wikipedia page, aside from having to state it as a fact, would you want to be identified as an Irishman, as it were? Like, would you be, would that be one of your defining characteristics, do you think? I don't know. Um, I think it's a thing that I always 
used to think held me back to a degree because mm. you don't see Irish people getting mad recognition. Well, I didn't as a kid. Um, yeah. Like, we didn't really have great sportsmen or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But then we did really well in the 2002 World Cup and the qualifiers. And sort of, it felt like the world was like willing us on and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I definitely feel a huge sense of momentum from that. Like, I, I was in Scotland on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And I was treated like a fucking god. And like, mm. like I had like American people, Croatian people, Scott, all buying me drinks because of my nationality and because of the day that it was, right? And I find that to be preposterous. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I don't know what I define myself as Irish. I, it's not... See, I don't really have pride. I don't understand the concept mm. of pride. I'm definitely not proud of winning the genetic lottery that made me like mm. a white Irish person. A white person. male in the yeah, I, you know, I, 20th century. That's all bullshit. But if you asked me this five years ago, I'd say fucking right, absolutely. We should have mm. our six counties back. We should be heralded as a true republic and stuff like that. And I, I think the answer to that question really depends on what phase of my life you mm. find me in. I think right yeah. now I'm in the most sort of what you would describe as open-minded phase of my life and i'd say no it doesn't matter that i'm irish because that shouldn't be the thing that people think of but yeah. oftentimes as shown by the comments in my videos and stuff it is and it is the reason that a lot of people like me as well is because mm. i do that thing that people like where i upload the fifa videos and i'm from the same place that they are so yeah it makes me instantly more relatable to them I yeah yeah, and um, you know, I, I I don't I don't think that being English is a defining characteristic. I think that you know, being English doesn't define me. It's a very kind of a I have no I'm completely ambivalent to the fact that I am English. Yeah. Like I think there um, are two saying that now before the Euros. If we win the Euros, yeah. then, uh, I will very, I will very much be Ingerland, Vindaloo, three lines on the shirt and. That's the what, same what, thing, what? though. Like, I, I started watching UFC in 2007 because uh, Brock Lesnar was there, and I love wrestling because mm. I'm a nerd. And then I sort of stopped. And now Conor McGregor is, like, the big thing, and I, I watch UFC now. And, like, th yeah. that, I would not be doing that if not for Conor McGregor. Like, Conor McGregor has elevated himself in my books to be one of the greatest living people. And that's just because he's Irish, and he's... Like, it, it's not... I'm not used to seeing that. I, I find with English people, I think there are two distinct types of British isms, and mm. one is the sort of the one the, the real dark side of of Britain, where the lads are like you know fucking tattooed Union Jacks and say yeah fuck yeah. oh yeah we conquered everything and what what do you uh, fucking have it <laughs> that, that thing, and then there's the U type that's like <laughs> it's whatever it like it doesn't really matter it's just yeah. a thing like you sort like your type of britishism is like the type mm. that uses it as a, sort of a personality type rather than anything else it's like well you know that very british problems twitter yeah. account I, I feel like that's the type of britishism that you fall into <laughs> just like this sort of awareness of Sort your social yeah. sort of uh, dealing, yeah. yeah, things like that, I, and I think that that's like that's what you strike me as yeah. anyway is that thing. Yeah, definitely. I I don't, 
you know, I, I, I don't define myself by what political party I support, or by whether I, I, I particularly care about whether we have a queen or a king, or whether we have a monarchy at all. Yeah. Um, whenever anyone ever mentions whether we should have a queen or a king, you know, it's always, well, they bring in a lot of money for yeah. the country on tourism alone. Um, so, you know, less taxes I have to pay. Yeah. Nice. Like, <laughs> I, I think I'm just a very practical person, practically minded person. Yeah, I think so. But, and I don't think, you know, like, like you were saying, at different phases in your life and in different phases in mine, I think there's different things that define different periods of my life. For sure. Um, and obviously until we kind of mature to, uh, not saying that we're immature per se, um, but until we, until we, uh, I'm, in fact, I'm not even sure that there is a state of maturity that you'll reach where the same thing will define you five years in a row. Yeah, I think that's like just very up for debate at the moment. Yeah. I, I used to hear um, comedians, I, I think comedians have great minds I, th- I think you can find comedians who are just willing to express themselves through mm-hmm. comedy in a way that most people can't do in anything ever um but rob delaney who is a he's he's kind of a twitter comedian essentially yeah. um did an interview where he said look until you reach 25 you just don't know anything about the world and i like I love Rob Delaney, I love all his tweets, mm-hmm. and I read this when I was like 22 or something, and I was like, why has Rob Delaney turned his back on me? And uh, I'm 25 now, and like he's right. I I I feel like at, at this moment, um, I I so most of my friends are older than me, but the ones who mm. are the same age as me have all sort of it's really strange how it's happening all at the same time. But I've come up with a great idea for a business. Um, it's basically you know 4K TV. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna do 8K. Why is no one talking? No, just kidding. Um, I have a great idea for a business that I'm not gonna talk about. Um, and I was thinking about like how I would do this and everything. And then that weekend, my cousin called me, and he has an idea for a business, and he's gonna be 25 in three months. Mm-hmm. And one of my other friends is kind of in the process of his business becoming a reality, and. They're all. I don't know. There's just something about it. I think that mm. when you reach 25, you sort of have this like fight or flight response to what's happening before yeah. you, and I think that's got to alter your personality in some way and sort of kick it into gear in some way. Mm. Um, and I, I think the like, I think it would be interesting for everyone to look at phases of their life and how it defines them. Like, it's very, very rare that you find someone who maintains the same opinion on every like i i think this is a a weird shout but i I think celebrities are probably the easiest way to convey what i'm talking about but someone like bruce springsteen he has had the same exact Mm. like political leanings and like sentimental ideologies and stuff like that the entire way through his career and i fucking respect that so much yeah like he's not a hypocrite he's not anything other than what he says he is Mm -hmm. and that's amazing like that's incredible to me that's what defines him like that is the definition of everything that he is about and Mm. that i just have the utmost respect for anyone that carries himself like that yeah, I think you know. Yeah, like I, I don't think there's anything that I, I can, I can use to just you know to define. I'm not sure there's any one thing that I do that I can use to define myself at the moment. 
Um, it, it's really interesting. I'm really, I've been really frustrated lately um, in that my life is incredibly boring. Oh, really? Um, I think I'm, I'm kind of, I, I just turned 23. Um, so and I, I've kind of come to this realisation that I'm in my last year of university and I finish my university and formal education as a whole in a one in less than a month now and i've i've kind of come to this kind of startling realization that i have no more time to do stuff like and that sounds incredibly melodramatic mm-hmm, yeah um especially seeing as my granddad is currently uh, 81 and is in uh morocco at the moment um, and he's he's been travelling the world every now and then, like he's been to Cambodia and Vietnam and stuff like that, all within the last year or so. Um, so there's definitely time, but in a similar sense, um, you know, I will no longer have, you know, um, several months off during summer. I will no longer have a month off over Christmas. I'll get, you know, two weeks a year, as it were. and. Yeah. I've, you know, I've not. It, it's an interesting paradox being young. You've got all of the energy and all of the time to do everything you could ever wish to do, and none of the money to do it. Yeah. Unless your parents are obviously very wealthy. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of I'm coming to the realization that I'm at the end of that paradox. I, you know, I, you know, I'm. I'm not. I'm not getting older, but you know, I'm not getting on like I'm suddenly going to be in a Zimmer frame and unable to walk up a flight of stairs. Um, I just suddenly feel like you know I'm going into a full time job very soon, and therefore time is just gone. Yeah, it, and it will like, be gone. Life right. will be different then. Yeah, it, it's like my first full time job. Like completely, it was like I had been thrown into a pool of icy water. Mm. And it, like I, I was really just like, this is it. Like you don't get time yeah. to do fucking anything. You get home mm. in the in the evening, and it's dark outside, and you sit down yeah. and watch TV for like four hours, and then you go to bed. Like this is bullshit. This is not fair. Yeah. And like I felt like really like I had been betrayed by the way. I was like fucking seventeen or eighteen or mm. whatever. But um, yeah, I felt like I had been like lied to my whole life. Like <laughs> this is what it was for. And stuff, but um, it does it like it doesn't actually work out to be like that. There are days in work where I think people would describe me as comedically negative. I, I think there was a time when I was hilariously pessimistic. Yeah, like I don't, I don't really. I, it's really um interesting to have, and like I, I'm not gonna proclaim that I'm world famous, but to have a following like I do that I think they definitely, like, the the people that follow me on Twitter especially, like, know me very well. And sometimes people quote things that I've said back to me or, like, they say things to me that I would say if mm. I were asked it. And it's like, this is a, a group of people that know me and my sense of humor, like, better than I do in a way like I couldn't define my sense of humor at all I I think I'm like really funny in my mind but then I don't think that like my ideal sense of humor doesn't really translate into funny for mm. anybody else like I, I think like my pinned tweet on Twitter is sort of 
that's like peak me in my mind. Like that's my favorite type of humor. And I, I couldn't even explain to you why I think it's funny, but then I'll say things and people like, even like people Snapchat me, my own quotes. And I'm just like, fuck, like, did I say like either I said that or someone is, is sending it to me cause they'll know that I like it. But either way, there is like a small group of people in the world that know me kind of better than I know myself. Mm. And that's, weird i think but it's also really reassuring to know that someone out there like sees the version of me that i want people to see and like that's sort of a thing that i think a lot of people maybe they don't struggle with it but i think a lot of people are deeply afraid that their outward projection of themselves is not what they would ideally wish for it to be and i think Mm. that sort of scares a lot of people into behaving in a certain way uh maybe it's something that they don't want to be and then that makes them unhappy for a long time whereas like Mm. my unhappiness is so clearly over the top dramatic like i think I, i think what i think one thing that you could define me as is like an adult who never actually grew up or something like that like a kid who is in the body of an adult and is just like reacting to the world like a child would like getting up in the morning and like i actually say to myself when i get up out of bed like why is this happening to me and stuff like that and it's just that's my persona and that's what i i think i think it's it's interesting both of us fall into this category and i definitely fall into this category of we're happiest when we're complaining. Yeah. Like, I'm not an unhappy person in general. I'm, you know, for the most part, you know, fairly... We've, we've, me and you have spoken about before. We've spoken about what, you know, being happy and being content is. Yeah. And stuff like that. But I'm generally a very content... I'm very content with my life. I'm very content with... I've got nothing really to complain about. But I really enjoy complaining. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'll complain about something, and you know, my girlfriend will kind of be like, "God, you're you're a miserable bastard," and it's like, <laughs> "Well, no, because I'm really enjoying complaining about this at the moment." So, <laughs> yeah, it, like it, it's really funny, and it's like I think you know I I don't I don't tweet as much anymore, but if I did, it would be really mundane complaints. Yeah. Um, it, mostly because it amuses me. <laughs> that's the thing right there, is that it amuses you. Like, yeah. my girlfriend is an overwhelmingly positive person, mm. and I think that sometimes, like, I'll say something that's so fucking over-the-top negative yeah. that, like, I have to laugh at it while I'm doing it, or else she gets a little bit afraid that that's yeah. my actual opinion. Like, <laughs> sometimes I just see this look in her eye that's like, I'm not sure where this has got, and then I have to be, and then I have to just make it even more over the top that I can't hold it yeah. in anymore, and I keep laughing and laughing and laughing to make it completely clear that you are joking. Yeah, I I think like part of it for me, and this is the honest truth, and like this is a truth that uh, like a lot of people won't tell or whatever. But when I was younger, it was definitely just that I wanted to be a brooding, dark, interesting person who has Mm. opinions on everything and most of them are negative, therefore it feels like I know more about it. But um, I've completely grown out of that. Um, I've definitely always been opinionated about everything Mm -hmm. 
But um, I don't do it for attention or anything like that anymore. I do it because in my mind, complaining about this thing in this kind of a way is it's hilarious. It's so funny, like, yeah. and it's so satisfying. And like, I yeah, I don't know what it is that compels me to do it, like, other than the fact that it's just so funny. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. it's just, like it's, just, it's so yeah. funny to just give an over-the-top complaint about a band like Coldplay because, like, they are ludicrously successful and, like, they are quite clearly all incredibly talented musicians. But they're also quite clearly the worst thing that's happened to music in the last thousand years. Yeah, like, it's not even up for debate. Like, what they're doing to music is some of the most fucking pretentious nonsense. Yeah. And, like, it's fine to like it. It's scientifically designed for you to like it. Yeah. Like, fucking princess of china that coldplay featuring rihanna like that's a fucking banger of a tune like listen to that forever it's great but they are like just that band like they're just so over the top in their pretentiousness that chris martin hasn't a fucking clue what he's talking about about anything in the world He, he doesn't know who he is or what he is he just knows that this is the type of music that he wants to make and he's very good at it and like you can like it and it's fine and like a lot of people get offended because they feel like i'm outwardly attacking them when i do it and like it's not that at all it's just that like i don't know they just deserve to be abused (laughs) (laughs) i don't know so aside from uh dank memes um (laughs) yes we have you know we spoke about it in the pre-show um, I can't believe we have a pre-show every time it's mentioned, um, <laughs> as an aside. But um, you know, we were saying about you know, uh, you mentioned what was the Microsoft uh, Twitter account that they put out recently? Tay tweets. Tay tweets. So for anyone that doesn't know this, basically, am I right in saying that it just gathers information from what everyone's tweeting? I'm not. And kind of regurgitates it into coherent tweets i don't think that they have actually explained the algorithm that makes it what it is but i know that it learns from the world around it if you don't know about this thing that happened this is the headline following the disaster so if this doesn't fucking lure you in i don't know what to do but from the telegraph Microsoft deletes teen girl AI after it became a Hitler-loving sex robot within 24 hours. So this is a thing that um, Microsoft made a chatbot. It's not the first time Microsoft have done that. We all had Smarter Child on MSN and we all abused him into being deleted and stuff like that. They made this thing called Tay Tweets. It's a woman, which I think is... It's meant to be a teenage girl. Yeah, right, and and that yeah. tells a fucking story in itself. You talked earlier on. Um, no, you. It was it was in the pre-show. Um, yeah. You said you were doing some risk assessment for your upcoming week of filming because mm. recently a guy <laughs> that you were directing hit himself in the head with a hammer. Um, yeah. That's another true story that happened. Yeah. But yeah, so Jack was doing risk assessment, right? I cannot, fu- I, I actually, I, I don't believe that they didn't do a risk assessment and predict that this would happen because this yeah. is the only outcome of making a famous teenage girl, real or fake, and putting it on the internet is that the fucking hive mind of like the likes of 4chan and Reddit mm. and stuff like that, that's absolutely going to get abused yeah. and then become the thing that hates it and support Donald Trump and Hitler and hate feminism and all of these things. That's what happened. I think 
it had something like 198,000 tweets. It was made to automatically mm. reply to things and essentially become yeah. the world around it. And its opinions yeah. changed from, oh, like humans are awesome. Like, oh, yeah, feminism is, is really good to fuck. Uh, yeah, it, w- it was tweeting stuff like Heil Hitler. Yeah, um, and it was tweeting. Within 24 hours, which is an imp- really impressive turnaround, to be honest. It was saying stuff like kill all niggers. And yeah. like, how, like, how have you trained a bot to like how have you made an ai bot and like not put that word in a filter somewhere yeah you know yeah you know you know like there's there's definitely they definitely sat down at a table and went through what could go wrong and somehow missed this completely microsoft is such a strange company i think yeah and i love that everyone still blames bill gates for it even though he kind of moved you know completely moved away from microsoft yeah years ago um but yeah like i'm you know on the completely on the completely like harmless kind of that kind of level but completely harmless there's a website um called yes that can be my next tweet oh yes um, love that so you type in your twitter name and you hit generate essentially and it goes through your twitter and you, it will basically combine a bunch of words uh, from your tweets and try and come up with a sentence that you know sounds like you. So I've just done it and I, I've hit generate, and this should be my next tweet apparently. And I took last rep because it, bro, yeah, man, just isn't fair. You'll be sorted. I put a ruse. So much has, like, it's complete gibberish and complete bullshit, but. It's hilarious to click through and see what I'm doing it. Yeah, I have to, to see what it thinks that you should. Um... It wouldn't do it. Get your next tweet. <coughs> your next tweet is apparently according to this one. I do it in capitals. Just DM me the McGregor pays for it. Seriously poor nowadays. They're not moving there with I. <laughs> I. <laughs> Mine is. I did it for myself again. It says, this damn respect around here. You're actually playing games to make in Croatia a pretty fun at halftime? So, I think that sums me up. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, that that's just one example of a thing you can do with code and... Like, yeah. To, and using it and that's a very basic idea. Of, yeah. I think this AI that they had, the Tay Tweets thing, was... Very, very, very specific, and mm. it was. I still like. I don't really know what they were doing though. Like, I think it's creepy that they made it a teenage girl. I think there's a huge thing to be said too about the fact that like science seems to always want to express things using a feminine voice, but science I... historically never wants to listen to a feminine voice. I think the the kind of the the female the female voice and the female kind of thing is so it's it's actually kind of uh, this is just me doing my armchair psychology as always but it's kind of this uh, kind of this old sexist notion that you know f- women are so kind of innocuous and not innocuous kind of inoffensive and yeah weak and in unthreatening yeah that that's yeah they they have. Yeah, a, a calming influence on. Yeah. To, to be honest, it is a perception that has formed itself in science fiction, mm. because everything in science fiction like that is like the Fifth Element 
is a woman. Um, yeah. The the uh, I suppose Jarvis is a man. Yeah. Um, but but like you know things like that tend to be fa- I, I'm pretty sure that in Minority Report there's a feminine thing mm-hmm. it's a woman's voice I'm pretty sure in Oblivion they used a woman clone yeah yeah but it like it, yeah it's it's a woman there to keep mm-hmm. the man you know uh, yeah. entertained while he's... I think you know I think it's also kind of really prevalent in the fact that you know Siri yeah, series. Is, well. is a well, you know, you you can get the female or the male voices, but it is you know predominantly as well as Cortana, uh, that kind of female influence. And you'll notice a lot in uh, television adverts as well. Actually, that there's a lot of female. I, I think voices like the uh, the in that game Firewatch, Delilah is a woman, mm. and that there's a reason yeah, for yeah. that too. Is that like it, there's sort of this notion I think that maybe broken men. Nothing can mm-hmm. heal them better than the a good woman, the calming love voice of a good woman. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's but yeah, the that idea of the whole AI thing casts a huge cloud over what mm. the definition of you will be fifty years from now. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting conversation that I've always always wanted to be part of because I'm mm. I'm fucking obsessed with this notion of uh, artificial intelligence and the singularity, the technological singularity that is predicted. Um, But it's strange from, I guess, our perspective now, because Mm -hmm. we seem to get contrasting evidence of actual intelligent artificial life. You know what I mean? Like, have you Mm. seen those robots playing football? Yeah, and like that's I'm not I'm not afraid of the robot uprising when I see that, but then like I don't know this I I don't know what it's a reflection of this Tay tweets thing and how mm-hmm. badly it's gone. I, like I don't know if technological singularity would just be laughed off by the lol butthurt question mark side of society because yeah. like I feel like trolls do a great job of dismantling important things sometimes. And I think this could have been a huge advancement had it not been marketed so poorly and launched so mm. poorly. I think, you know, it's funny because with, with, with something like Tay Tweets, you want it to be representative of the audience that it's kind of... It's it's like it's like how um, Al Murray, the pub landlord, um, became as a comedian. So for those who aren't, who aren't familiar, Al Murray, it is Al Murray, isn't it? The, the bald guy with the yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I, I was worried I I'd had it completely wrong there for a second, but um, <laughs> he is uh, a character um, that that is created um, that was created as like a kind of. Um, a, ca- a complete caricature of the kind of fat, the fat old bloke that wears an England top while completely sunburned on holiday in whatever small Spanish city or town he chooses to terrify. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for a couple of weeks, and he was made as this caricature. And the guy who plays him went to, I think, Cambridge and studied, and has like a PhD in history. The guy's wicked smart. Um, and he was made as this caricature, and w- and it's kind of attracted 
it started out as kind of a, a thing so that people better than that, who were better people than that, or saw themselves as better people, would laugh at it. And then it kind of degraded into this kind of thing where he gathered the audience that he was mocking. Yeah. And that people, that those people are now his main audience because they think he's laughing with them. Yeah. And that's how, that, that's kind of a really simplistic way is how Tay tweets kind of degenerated, as it were. You know, it was kind of built to certain, you know, kind of like a... I've completely run out of words. Um, you've let me talk for too long and I've, I've run out of the ability <laughs> to words. Um, <laughs> do you understand? Take these plastic people, read the lips, now let it linger. Is there anything that makes them sound sincere? Come on, tightly hold your hand, take a deep breath, give them the finger. Are you worried that the thoughts are not quite? What's going on guys, my name is Elden Hero and you're listening to One Man Army by Our Lady Peace. It's a song about the perk in Modern Warfare 2 that everybody hates. Nah, it's a song about sort of individuality and expressing yourself and sort of finding yourself and aggressively following a narrative that suits yourself and stuff like that. It's a really cool song from a really cool album from a band who I could record multiple podcasts about solely by myself and I think someday I might even do just that. But um, I hope you guys are enjoying the episode. It was a really strange one. Like, when we recorded it, I was like, fucking hell, this is the best podcast ever. But on reflection, I've had some time to think about it and stuff, and I feel like it was just a neat little sort of insight into our minds, maybe. And I don't feel like it'll be for everyone, but I hope that those of you who do enjoy it really enjoy it. Uh, Thanks a lot for listening on SoundCloud for those of you that are here. If you go to the SoundCloud thing on a PC, you can actually... Uh, stream this offline I think and you can also download the episode to put on your phone for like a bus journey or whatever but uh, thank you for continuing to support the series that means a lot and enjoy the rest of the episode fucking Hitler did nothing wrong brigade of the internet who like there's no way they believe that they just want to incite disgust and fear 
and like what is the definition of them like what do they want the world to view them as that's what i don't really understand like there's on 4chan you can go to sections where there are extremely left-leaning people who truly believe in equality and they and Mm. they they have like almost an outrageously tight grasp on what it means to be a true liberal and things like that and then you go to other sections where it's swastikas and talk of who the superior race is Mm. and things like that and i just i know that it's because 4chan is a huge diverse board and and like it's the biggest message board on the internet in the world like it's the place where the most people in the world go to talk and that's a fact that we have to deal with i just it's the ones who are saying all this offensive stuff like what is their point and it it makes me think about like say and i'm sure this will probably annoy people but a show like south park doesn't really make any commentary one way or the other um and i think that's a testament to how i think Mm. it's a testament to the show's longevity really is that like they are completely just fuck this thing fuck this thing this is what this thing does this is what this thing does they're not really like they they are anti-political correctness just as much as they are Mm anti-racism and like it's interesting that they attack all of these things and that's why so many people get offended over a show like south park but it's that pretty much is what the 4chan types that are attacking the bot like that's what they're doing they're just attacking it because it is it and it is getting publicity so therefore we must say that we also matter and like let's corrupt this thing because we can't like it, it's not even anarchy because yeah. anarchy is a lot more organized than that yeah it's just chaos it's hive-minded chaos mm. and i really want to know why <laughs> i really want an understanding of yeah. it i don't get what it is that i just don't get how people get satisfaction from that really no no it <laughs> Yeah, with with like with things like four chan, I think it's it's really interesting, especially anything that gives you any sense of anonymity, um, can completely change who you are uh, or who you present yourself to be as a person. Um, so it's like with with us both having been on on uh, on, I think it's really interesting. We didn't. Uh, I'm right in saying that we had no real concept of one another before we actually met in person. No, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we had we had no real um, knowledge of each other's existence. No, until we actually met in person. We're like, this guy's not like everybody else here. He's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I I thought that you were a fifa youtuber because everyone was like oh jack swagosaurus or whatever and i was like who the fuck is that like i had met so many fucking people that i hadn't a clue who any of them were and they were all playing this game like they were all like there to network and i just didn't get that and i still don't get like i don't know how to do that i'm not good at that but Mm. like yeah you know the way like a youtuber will like another youtuber's video like 20 times in a row because they want their attention they were all doing that in real life and like (laughs) i'm not saying that's a bad thing it's obviously a good thing and it's a great course for the business yeah and and i don't even think of it as cynically as that like i don't think they consciously say to themselves there's nepenthes 
I'm going to get in with him. I think they mm. say, there's Nepenthes. That guy is awesome. His videos yeah. are fucking great. And like, mm-hmm. I could learn a lot from hanging around with him. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and then it's fine. But I just wasn't up in that because like, I mean, look at my fucking channel. Do I look like <laughs> that's the type of game that I play? So, um, yeah, like that was how, and I, I just, yeah, obviously saw you at mm. uh, Eurogamer or whatever. And I was like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> you don't play this game either. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's, um, it's both uh, a blessing and a curse that we weren't able to form opinions of one another before we actually met, because I think that would be a fascinating conversation. Yeah. Um, especially with this subject that we're talking about now, is kind of, and especially the kind of persona that I put out online um, three or four years ago. Yeah, because it uh, was a lot different, I think. I, uh, you know, it was very... I, I, I thought it was hilarious to be incredibly aggressive and incredibly angry. Yeah, so. you were really aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a lot more mellow now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, and I think that, you know, especially, you know, talking about AI and talking about, you know, so we talk a ton about social media. Um, and I think that... And I met like I met, I met my girlfriend through Twitter, and we spoke for four years, I think three or four years before we actually met in person through Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. So her preconceived notion of me, God God forbid, was <laughs> based on me as a person. I was my Twitter account, and fuck knows why she thought I was a decent person that should be met in person. <laughs> because if I could look back on my tweets. You know, I would want to stay as far away from me as possible. How did she find you on Twitter? One of her friends found me somehow, and then he said that I was funny and that she should follow me, and then I saw that an attractive girl had followed me, so I followed her back. Ah, yes. Uh, yes, that old that, that old love story. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I think it's, I think it's really interesting that before she actually met me, her whole opinion of me was based on my Twitter account. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that is quite weird. So I think, like, how much of your... Do you think... Would you be able... Would you honestly be able to say that if someone looked at your... Down your Twitter account, would they be able to gauge who you are as a person? I think people would take away two things. <laughs> One is that I have opinions about stuff, and the other is that I have a really, really weird sense of humor. And like, I think one of the biggest social problems I have, particularly with newer people, is that people do not know when I'm being sarcastic and when I'm mm. not. And I don't think that that's a good thing. I think it's a thing that from the offset makes me seem cool because being sarcastic is cool because it's sarcasm and you don't care and that's cool. Mm. But it's actually like bad. Like it gets in the way of my ability to form like friendships and stuff sometimes. Like, I don't know. I've never really had someone say to me that they used to think I was a dickhead or anything like that. Mm. But I often do wonder how weird people think I am. Like, I wonder how many of the laughs I get are, like, pity laughs or, like, ha, stop talking to me now kind of way. And I feel like Mm. questioning that makes me very, like, shit, it's probably a lot. Like, you have to... Everyone has something. Like, there, there are things... 
everybody does something that makes you really fucking angry. Like, that guy mm. I don't like in work, like, he, he just doesn't know how to fucking organize his desk. His desk is a fucking mess. And, like, he has no idea that he's doing that. Like, he doesn't know that it's mm. a mess. He doesn't know that, in comparison with every other desk in the office, his is a mess. And there's no real way of explaining that to him without outright being like, dude, fucking clean up your desk. So, like, everyone has something like that. Like, there are things people think about me that I don't know about myself. Mm. And that's fucking weird to me. Because, like, I feel like a lot of my effort in what I put out to the world is fighting against that. Like, I Mm. don't want there to be a thing. I don't want people to, like, think that I'm... Well, I, I say I don't want people to think I'm weird, but, like, I'm looking at my Twitter feed, and I obviously do want people to think that. <laughs> like, I want people to realize that I am, in fact, weird, and that's mm. what makes me me, but I, I don't really know. I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to show to people other than what my sense of humor is, really. Mm. You know? Yeah. What do you think if someone looked at your I, Twitter feed? I think that generally my my Twitter feed is very kind of un just uninteresting. It's a lot less colourful like, than it was. Yeah, it's sure. vocabulary wise, yes. Um, yeah, but it you know it's very it's boring. Like I don't know why anybody follows me. I'm assuming there. I don't get new followers. That that's not a thing that happens. Yeah, I don't think that. I'm, I'm just slowly losing them um, from when I was interesting. Like I, every now and then, I, I tweet about going to the gym, or I I'm, I retweet something that I find interesting, or I tweet about this podcast, or it's just links from Instagram. Like it. You wouldn't take away that I'm a particularly interesting person. I'm not saying I am a particularly interesting person, and that you'd decide that if you knew me in real life. <laughs> but you know, my Twitter account is just—you know—it's not like oh, previously, like a couple of years ago, when you would have thought, "Holy shit, this guy's angry." Uh, potentially, you would have thought that I was funny. Yeah. Um, but it, you know. In general, just not very exciting. A very normal person. Yeah. Completely uninteresting and unextraordinary. Yeah, and, I... Like, know, that's about it. Like, It's just mundane. It's just, you know... <laughs> that's like, I don't really get... I, like, I don't really get that sort of purposely offensive humour that mm. people do where, like they just tweet racist things at people. Mm. And, like, even when they're friendly with the person, I still don't... This is... I think this is an interesting subplot because Mm -hmm. I don't, like... I I think this is maybe a time where I side with political correctness on a level Mm. that you might disagree with. But let's say if I had a black friend that I constantly mm. referred to as the N-word, yeah. but, like, he was my friend, is that okay if I do it in a public setting? I think... Like, I think that that entirely is... Um, like, it, it's it's really interesting, cause, and I've, I've spoken about this before, that I think it's ridiculous that you can't... 
Like, even just then, you're talking about it in a completely objective fashion, yeah. and there is still a part of you that won't use the word nigger. I said it earlier on. You said it earlier as well, didn't you? Yeah, but, but I, I you felt like I had to... Using ex- it yeah. Completely in, you know, completely in context, not in a racist manner, but you are using it also in context of, you know, an actual black person, as you know, fictional though they may be. And then there's that still that part of you that you know says, and you know you're not wrong because every t- like, and I was going to mention this earlier when you actually said it earlier. Every time that, because I and I will be <laughs> militant about the fact that, you know, I won't I won't say it if I don't have to, but if I'm, I, I refuse to say the n word. Yeah, so that's instead, the thing, right? especially when talking in context. I'm f- yeah, I still get nervous about it. Yeah, I'm fully in favor of that too. Like every time someone says the N word, it's just a flashing neon light in my head. With attention to it. Yeah, and like, but I I really have a fucking like it, it's sort of like an argument in my head where it's like I should just be allowed to say this word if I'm using it in a context whereby I'm not saying something outwardly racist because why shouldn't I if I'm telling us and like I'm right there that's the truth I should be able to but there are numerous instances of that absolutely not being the case I remember there was a reporter one time interviewing Samuel L. Jackson and yeah I, I know exactly what you're talking about yeah. yeah so so he he said to the guy like or he i think he was asking samuel l jackson about django unchained and mm-hmm. the amount of times they say the n-word in that movie and samuel l jackson was like what n-word and the reporter was a white guy and he was like you know the n-word the like, n-word yeah and, and samuel l jackson was like what say it are we gonna have this discussion or not and just fucking say the word and like I, I wouldn't have said it if I were him, and he didn't say it. He didn't say it, and then Samuel Jackson completely pushed on, for, for you know, and was like, "We're done with that question. Mm. That's not a question. If you're not if you're not going to say say it, then you know you've answered your own question essentially." And like he's right. right. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that, do you remember the guy that asked Samuel L. Jackson how his trailer on the Super Bowl went? And Samuel L. Jackson was like, are you talking about Lawrence Fishburne? You know, we're not all the same. Not all black people are the one guy. And then the the guy who was interviewing was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. And he was actually talking about, like, Lawrence Fishburne had a huge spotlight Super Mm. Bowl commercial. But one of Samuel L. Jackson's movies was on the Super Bowl commercial. And that's what the guy was talking about. Mm. But Samuel L. Jackson was like, dude, I'm not Lawrence Fishburne. And I, I think he was making a joke, but the yeah. guy just completely collapsed. And everyone knows it as that time that that guy thought all black yeah. people were the one person. And he genuinely didn't. But like when it gets called into question like that and you're live on fucking TV, you're obviously going to fold. Yeah, yeah panic you, mode, You're not going to yeah. push that and be like, no, pal, you were. <laughs> <laughs> you're not just going to I've checked my facts. Yeah. There's... Um, in uh, in 1999 in America, a guy called David Howard, who was one of the main aides to Anthony Williams, who was the mayor of Washington, D.C., was talking about budget restraints, and he called it... Uh, we, I, I don't know specifically what the sentence was, but he said it was niggardly, yeah. right? Which is a word that means sort of tight. It, it means to be tight-fisted or, you know, short on... Um... You know, kind of really short, short, not to be forthcoming with money. Yeah. Yeah. And it has no racist connotation. It je- like no, you would think that a word like that, because it has negative connotations, you would think that it comes from 
um, some racist, but, but mm-hmm. it does, it genuinely does. It comes That's from the word Negro, the Spanish Portuguese word for black. And he, he used that word in its correct context. Yeah. And he had to fucking stand down. Yeah, absolutely and I bastard for it. That's the one. That is one. Every time um, political correctness comes up, that is the one time where I'm like, "That's polit- That is political correctness gone mad. Yeah, like that's a man who has had to stand down for using a word. He he's had. He is a victim of people's lack of vocabulary. That's mm. not fair. Like that's a man's career, and he used the word yeah. like that's just not fair. So yeah, that like. All of the all of these things are all like really fucking. They evoke strong responses because mm-hmm. they are sensitive and they deal with sensitivity and racial sensitivity. And that's why I just don't like saying the word because yeah. I just don't like. I don't. I don't like it when people say the word Fenian. I fucking hate when they do it. And it, like a lot of people don't even know what it means. And it's okay for me to say it to fellow Irish people because we're not using it as an insult. But if you say Fenian bastard, like, you know full fucking well what you're doing there. Mm. Like, you're absolutely making a derogatory statement about Irish people, whether or not you know that that's what you're doing. So I see it all over the internet with, like, and I'm sure it's probably already happened on my April Fool's Day video. Like, people just, oh, yeah, Fenian. Oh, well, they're Fenian bastard. And, like, they don't even know that they're doing it. And if it were the n-word if they were saying oh those fucking niggers then that like i don't know yeah i I just think that with sensitive words and stuff you have to Mm. behave with a certain type of sensitivity because i don't want to be a person who offends people so yeah like yeah do you think if i were going around like even like i don't know like if you had a chinese friend and you were just constantly Mm -hmm. calling them like what like making comments about their eyes or whatever like yeah it's I I don't think it's okay to do that because even though you might be doing it in a friendly way, you're still reinforcing a stereotype. Yeah, and I, for people who witness it, they might hear that. You know. Yeah, I think it's also you know when you're joking about something like that, um, and I'm not saying that everybody that's ever had, um, you know, that is friends with black people and well, every now and then joking and with people is just part of human nature. I think. Yeah. Um, and especially for me, you know, um, having a joke and a laugh at your friend's expense is part of being friends. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, so if it falls under that umbrella of, you know, like what is, you know, saying, you know, roasting them in a group chat or whatever is the new thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually, <laughs> um, yeah, I have a story. You know, you know like um, if it's that kind of thing, and it's once in a blue moon, and it's not the main topic of your kind of mocking. I think it's it's fine. But if it's the only thing that you can joke about, then I think it's more often than not just thinly veiled racism. Yeah, it gets to the point where it stops being just a, like a running joke and starts just being thinly veiled racism. I think even more so to add to it, it's just fucking lazy like yeah it's not witty yeah. or no like my friends I, uh, some of my friends do this and like i'm just not part of it like i don't i got added to a group facebook thing recently mm. where they were talking about the oscars and how um black people are boycotting the oscars a boy did i say boycotting i meant boycotting uh, boycotting yeah um and 
Actually, you know, boycott is was a word invented by the Irish when they boycotted. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, and, and my friends were like just talking about how like this is bullshit and stuff, and like they were saying stuff like why why don't they boycott the Grammys? And it's like, can you not see that they are fairly represented at the fucking Grammys? Like, how is that even a question in your mind? And stuff like that. And like even people in work, you know, saying stuff like how. Like maybe if there were better black actors and things, like that. and it's like, do you not mm. get that it's all systemic and systematic? It, like, it, it, yeah. But, anyways, like my friends do this thing where the, they'll show like the England lineup, and it'll, you know, mm. the camera goes to each player while the national anthems are on, mm-hmm. and it'll be like Danny Welbeck and then Daniel Sturridge, and my friends will be like, oh, are they allowed to have two Danny Welbecks? And it's like, what, like what, what did you gain from like? Who finds that funny? Like, the joke there is that all black people look the same, which mm. is just the most fucking basic, like, tired. primary school level. Yeah. It's so tired that that joke needs to go to sleep forever. Mm. Like, it, yeah. And, like, it's not even a joke that everybody can get, because to black people, all white people look the same. You know, like, it, that's how the world works. Like, mm. uh, yeah, I, it's just like that's not funny to me. Like, and like to bring it back to the topic, I don't understand, and I will never be able to grasp how people are comfortable with projecting that kind of image. Mm. Like, because yeah. I don't think that it's funny or clever or anything. No. Like that it's just sort of downright ignorant. Yeah, I, I think it must has it must stem from. This kind of sense that online you're anonymous, you are completely anonymous when really you're not. Um, you know, I have made very sure that certain things and you know that certain things don't come up and appear when you Google my email address, yeah, my phone number, or my name. You know, I, you know, I'm culturing. I've started and I've started doing this for a while now. I've started culturing my online presence to what I would want potential employers or potential, you know, clients, say if I go freelance for whatever reason, um, for them to see. Because, you know, anybody will do a basic amount of research. And nowadays with the fact that social media is such a massive presence in everybody's life, you're only going to get more and more that your employers will want to see what social media presence you put out. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if someone, if a client, say you're working for BP Oil, um, and you're working with a client from another oil firm or something like that, and they find your personal Twitter account, and it says in your Twitter account that you're, or on your bio that you're a proud member of BP Oil, you know, just, and then you tweet something that's not even outright, you know bad but you know something that's borderline that can inter- be interpreted wrong yeah that could be the end of your career full yeah, stop right absolutely. there because that reflects badly on bp and they're not going to have anything that reflects badly on them they've had enough of that trust me <laughs> they they bring it yeah up they, they really have yeah and it's like stuff you know stuff like that which i don't think that people think of anymore yeah like, i i, th- I think it really surprises me all the time like that that really needs to be a thing that people get schooled on because like I, I've started doing it too because mm. I wanna write for websites. I have a lot to say about things. I like I feel like I can't really 
do it by myself. I don't really feel like I can be a YouTuber. I just don't think mm. that's my calling. Whatever it is, I just don't have the energy. I don't have like the resources. I like I don't know, but I can't. I feel like I just can't do it. I I don't know why that is. I feel like I would be much better suited to working for another company and a, a company whose mission statement aligns with my personal beliefs. Say. Um, mm. like a web, I, I think I would be good at writing if I could hone my craft a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely feel like I could make good videos and I feel like I could be good on a podcast, you know, things like yeah. that. I, <laughs> I think I would be good on a podcast, but, um, yeah, like that's not going to happen if I, uh, well, in fairness, I say that too, as if I have any offensive beliefs when <laughs> I kind of don't really. But there are some things I would like to joke about that I feel like I can't. But mm. I'm quite happy to just not do it. Joke about them, yeah. Yeah. But, like, having said that, I'll never shy away from, like, angrily expressing any opinion that I might mm. have. Like, uh, like if it's something I believe in, then it's fine. I, I think in that sense, it's a lot easier to be a liberal yeah. because I feel like most of the media and, like... I feel like most level-headed people tend to lean left because left-leaning principles tend to favor, like, everybody, which includes minorities. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like, in that sense, I feel like if I were a Republican and I were angrily expressing my opinions about, like, say, Border Patrol and stuff like that, like, that's not a thing that would reflect positively on me if I were to attempt to get any job online, I don't think... Mm. Um, I feel like that's a bias that I never really address because I'm kind of uncomfortable with it. But yeah, like I, I definitely do look at what I'm saying and just think a little bit more heavily mm. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything... Oh shit, my glasses have just fallen off. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that you are proud to define yourself by um i don't really know i i had this conversation with there's a friend of mine who i would love to get on this podcast sometime because mm. he is a very 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 intelligent guy um probably the most intelligent person i know in terms of just straight up intellectual ability he did like philosophy and psychology mm. and he's also a doctor like he's just on another intellectual plane from me, I feel like. I feel like his intelligence dwarfs mine, and I feel like I can hold my own in most conversations. But he has opinions that I just flat-out disagree with. Mm -hmm. um, like, he's anti-feminist and stuff. And oh. I, he would probably align himself with men's rights activists. And I just think that that's... I honestly think... Fascinating. Men's rights activists are fucking pathetic people who have been wronged by a woman or like they are definitely expressing some kind of deeply rooted misogynistic message whether or not they know it that is what they're doing and i don't care i'm right about this mm. but um he once asked me uh, sorry we were once debating this and he said he was proud to be a, a, a guy and i was like but like why why are you proud to be a guy? Like, what about being a guy are you proud of? And he was like, just to be able to just be a nice guy. And I was like, but why, what is it like that? And he was like, well, what are you proud of? And I was like, to be honest, I'm pretty proud of 
having like 35,000 subscribers because that's what I had at the time. Mm. It's now 32. But <laughs> um, but he was like, yeah, but like the same thing applies. To, like you in no other lifetime could you have achieved that. It's just that the things fell where they did. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And like it was at that moment I realized that deep down I, I don't really believe in the concept of pride. I'm not proud mm. of anything. I Like I'm happy that things have happened, but I'm not proud because yeah. – it couldn't have happened in any other way. Things just happen. Like, you know what I mean? It's the whole like unor disorganized chaos thing. But yeah, I, I'm I'm not proud like I'm happy that I have a following of like mm-hmm. people who really do care about what I have to say. And I'm so happy that I have a platform that I can like say things like this and that people listen to it. Yeah. Like I think that's fucking incredible. It's one of my favorite things in the world. But I'm not proud. Mm. I just don't believe in pride as a concept. I I think it's stupid to be honest. Fair enough. What about you? <laughs> well, shit. Tell uh, me what you're proud of, so I can tell you why you're a fucking idiot <laughs> for being proud of something. Yeah. Um, I'll just break down into tears. <laughs> um, yeah, like I don't. I, by the way, I I completely understand the concept of pride. Yeah, and like you if just someone don't is proud of with it. Yeah, like and, and I like. I respect people who are proud of things they've accomplished. Mm-hmm. I think for me, there's a sort of um, a a deeply sort of buried, not self-hatred, but a sort of a, a reluctance to... I think I'm really hard on myself a lot of times. And I think there's mm-hmm. a reluctance to reward myself for the good things that I do. I feel like I, I it's something like that. Like it's I don't want to be proud because... I don't feel like I achieved this. I I think mm. like, yeah, it's that kind of thing. But if you if you achieve something, then fucking yeah, like be yeah. Proud. I, th- I think the really interesting thing is that you you know you've said you said that it's all about you you know you understand people having pride in something they've achieved, and I haven't achieved much. Like that's not being pessimistic. That's being a realist and you know my my achievements in my personal life i'm not comparing them to um to you know you know like um people winning the nobel prize yeah. because you know that's um you know that's a very kind of like unattainable um kind of comparison it's like when it's like when people say oh how can you be sad when there's there's children starving in africa yeah. and it's like well their misery isn't um you know like a a modifier for how miserable I should be. A system whereby you have to compare your happiness to the unhappiness of others is not a system that can ever be sustained or can ever be applauded or in any way something that should be maintained in some way. That's a horrible system. Yeah, exactly. Like, it implies that there is an underclass there to make you feel good about yourself, and that's a fucking disgusting implication. Yeah, so you know, I'm not I'm not comparing my lack of achievements to, uh, you know, the 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 insane achievements of others. Um, I just don't think I've done that much <laughs> of 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 note to myself or to others. Um, you know, like even this dissertation film that I've finished just now, I've become I've been working on it for so long. Um, I say that like it's been a few years. It's been it's been a few months, but I've done a lot of I've done over forty five revisions of the edit. Yeah. And when you've stared at something 
for that long, you know, I, I'm completely ambivalent to it. If anything, I really dislike it yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, it could be great. I, I don't know. I don't think it is. I have no idea anymore. <laughs> um, but this is like the biggest thing I've done. So there isn't anything I'm really particularly proud of. Um, you know, I, I don't have any kids that have done anything interesting. Um, Just ones you know, that like, have done uninteresting things. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of some of the photographs that I've taken. Yeah, you do um, take a fucking great photograph. Cheers, but you know it's it's nothing. That's nothing special. It's nothing, you know, really like it, it's just uh, I've taken some photographs that I quite like the look of. Yeah. It's not, but I wouldn't and, and and coming back to it, I wouldn't define myself as a photographer at all. Yeah, it's that's... just it's just in the words of um, one of my favorite rappers, Wax. It's just some shit I did, and everything I do after this is just some more shit that I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I like that. It you know it's all just stuff and things at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mostly <laughs> stuff though. Mostly stuff. I did like. I I um I really love just creativity. Like that I like my biggest one of the biggest things I dislike about myself is that I'm just not that creative. And, like, I so wish I was because, like, one of my favorite things to do above any other activity or hobby or socializing or whatever is Mm. listen to music and analyze it and interpret it. And, like, I I don't know, like, there's so many that there's even just the other day I was thinking about this concept that, like, some artists make their greatest music when they're being restrained and like like the fact that someone can make a song that has two meanings and stuff like it's all just fucking mind blowing to me like there mm-hmm. there's a song by U2 called One um you know the you know One Love yeah. they're not the same yeah. Damien Rice covered that song right and One by U2 is a sort of a a sappy like preachy song a, a, like an anti-racist unifying song like we're one but we're mm-hmm. not the same we have to carry each other damien rice covered it and if you listen to his cover you will see that his version of it is not about that at all his version is about a scorned lover who is being crippled by loneliness and stuff mm-hmm. and the fact that someone can cover someone else's song with the exact same words and make it mean something different yeah. is just fucking mind-blowing to me (laughs) like i don't even understand how that's a thing but it is and it's amazing and i wish i was more creative but i know what it's like to just take a photograph and be so fucking happy with it Mm. there's one i took of my girlfriend um it's on my instagram page it's i know what you're talking about yeah it's my background on my um phone it like Mm. she's looking at a storm it was about 10 minutes before that whole area was soaked with like the thickest and heaviest rain I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's like sunny and her shadow is sort of, it, it's coming over this gleaming rain soaked sidewalk. And mm-hmm. it is just like, I looked at it for like, I, I'd say the total amount of time in my life I've spent looking at that photo is probably like four and a half hours or something. And it's captioned with, um, the the lyrics and the storm is coming the storm is coming in which is from a brand new mm-hmm. song which is a part of the song where it goes 
he sings the storm is coming the storm is coming in and as he says the last in like he screams and like heavy guitars and drums come in and it's like symbolic of the incoming storm and that's why i picked those words and like that just made me so fucking pleased with myself when i did that (laughs) and like that's that's sad and all but like that's just a personal thing i did that i'm just so happy with like and I wish I could do things like that on a much larger scale. Like mm. that, I feel like if I could achieve what I want to achieve in that, I would be proud of it. Like, or I would know what it feels mm. like to be proud of anything in that capacity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you know, you said about being a, you know, earlier about being a YouTuber and stuff like that. And it's like sometimes and recently actually, I've been, I've been like sitting playing, you know, video games or whatever. And I've thought, I could, I, I, you know, I could make a YouTube channel and I could do it, you know, but I, eh, like, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I think that and then, like, I'll play whatever for a while, like, it was actually your playing, you playing Firewatch and I've been playing more, um, you know, kind of story driven games recently. Yeah. Um, in gen- just in general. And it was kind of watching that that I kind of thought, yeah, I could, I could do that, and then it's like I play. Like I've been playing. Like my girlfriend got me um, the Uncharted collection on PS4. Oh, nice! Uh, for my birthday, so I've just started playing that, and I was I was playing that. I was thinking I could do I could I could do a let's play of this, but then in between the bits where there's actual any action or scenes, and you're just kind of running around, I have nothing of interest to say. <laughs> I don't. I I have nothing of like I have nothing to say at all. Yeah. That's like um, the like I don't think I'd do either. I don't think I said anything like in those things. I think it was mostly swearing at the compass. Yeah, well that's fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are hard. But like I I was most recently I've been watching um Chani Sports and uh like Chesnoid Gaming and Docklanders like I I've been watching career mode videos a lot lately. And like I'm mm. itching to get back to that game mode because these are guys that make it look good and like i used to be one of those guys like i know i got so into my own career modes that they were really good to me and i really enjoyed them and i want that back and stuff like that and yeah like it's definitely something that i want to give another shot to but i think overall in the whole entire context of my channel the things Mm. that i'm most happy with are the things that don't really get the views but um, episode 49 of the Midnight Hour is without a doubt the absolute best episode of the whole thing. Like, it, it's the mm. best thing that we've ever done. Like, I don't mean individually. I mean, like, <laughs> it's the best thing that collectively yeah. we've achieved in the whole uh, show, I think. Because it was great, and it was so fucking off the cuff, and so we didn't plan it mm. out at all. Much like this episode. Yeah. Um, But it, it was just, yeah, that's great. And one thing <laughs> that when you asked about is there anything i'm proud of i always relate everything like my achievements and all back to like things i've actually achieved in a sense like mm. youtube like i did achieve thirty-five thousand subscribers like yes i'm friends with nepenthes so what i fucking still had to do stuff to get yeah that. um but i am <laughs> i don't know if this will sound this will sound very out of character i think but um my girlfriend's parents like i get along really really well with them and like they're absolutely amazing people like they're so progressive and just so 
intellectual like they're so intelligent and they're so able to have a conversation about literally anything and um i've gone to her house like a few times where it's Mm. just me and her parents having dinner and like it's the most natural and comfortable thing ever like Mm -hmm. they're so good at talking like and you know and i have a lot of stuff to say and stuff like that but um i'm really happy to have such a good relationship with my girlfriend's parents like Mm. it's that's really important to me. Yeah. So, that. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I I still have nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate my husband's parents. It's not that I I hate them. I just uh, I don't know. You know, like I can I can. Um, my job relied on my job last year relied on my ability to talk to people, um, and to maintain conversations. Um, so I think that I don't I don't know you know a lot of um I've I met I met my girlfriend's parents before she was my girlfriend so there wasn't kind of that amount of kind of like meeting the parents oh yeah yeah you know like you know like how it's always made a big deal in cinema and TV and stuff like that I had that uh, yeah exactly so, but I never I never had that so it was because it was always like you know I'd already met. I'd already met them and spoken to them and got to know them before yeah, I started yeah. dating their daughter. What yeah. is uh, a thing that you don't like about yourself? Apart from your tiny, retracting penis. Well, apart from Mr. Turtle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um it was like the one thing I regret, and I, th- I think I said this before. It was just my propensity as a teenager and as a child to just reject education. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, but then again, I, I think that's kind of unless I, I don't think I'd be the person. And this is this is definitely a topic for another time. Because you know, I've, I you'll you'll know what I mean, but this is a secret for everyone else. Um, but I think you know, it very much in the form of the the decisions that I've made and the things that have happened in my past is you know all part of who I am essentially. Yeah. Without being too much of a cliche. Yeah. No, I I know what you mean. Yeah. So I don't. I think that I think that if I had been as much of the um, if I had been more kind of interested in education. Um, if I'd been kind of, you know, if I'd worked harder, I don't think that I'd want to do, you know, like to some degree, I don't think I'd want to do this podcast because this feeds into my love of the, you know, my new, I suppose, newfound love of learning. Yeah. Um, and kind of just this discussion kind of thing. Yeah. I know what you mean. I, I, I have this like... I I really don't know what it is because I don't feel like I'm a lazy person, mm. but there is something like broken within me that completely stops me from properly achieving stuff. Mm. Like there is no reason why I don't have a hundred thousand subscribers, other than the fact that I just could not motivate myself to make videos all the time, mm. and like. I know that to be true because I've seen too many channels who make 
similar or worse content than me mm-hmm. go ahead of me and that's not a bitterness yeah. talking like it's a complete realism yeah, like yeah. I, I don't have a, like I, I don't have any of that like resentment in me uh, like i'm not that kind of youtuber mm. at all and I, I think most people will know that but like i know how good my content was objectively mm-hmm. and i know that it was pretty good as far as career mode goes like i would say i was probably on like i, I think it, no one should be really saying that i was anything other than in the top 10 best fifa career mode youtubers if mm. not top five and like i know that sounds arrogant as hell but like it isn't like it like mm. i didn't make boring videos like no. i always tried to put my personality into it and stuff and i have seen people not put any personality into anything and have over a hundred thousand subscribers yeah and like i'm not bitter about that i just think it's a testament to how far i could have gone and like mm-hmm. all the sort of unhappiness that stems from it is at myself for not just doing yeah. it because i don't make excuses like that isn't an excuse that's what it is like it is yeah, essentially reality yeah it's, it's real and like it is some form of laziness for sure because it's mm-hmm. just that i just wasn't driven i just didn't have the energy yeah, to yeah. to go all I'm out bothered. and i i yeah. don't know why that is like there was definitely i was very afraid of making the types of videos that I wanted to because I didn't mm. want to alienate people. And then at one point I just said, fuck it. Like women in FIFA 16, here's my opinion on that. Like Wayne Rooney's top five tweet, like stuff like yeah. that. And I wish I did a lot more of that. I guess mm. that's probably the only thing that I like just wish was different about myself. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. It is what it is. Yeah. I think the, you know, if you, if you spoke to any large YouTuber, any, well, I mean, almost any, you know, YouTuber that's doing well for themselves, they will, the general consensus will be that consistency yeah. is the key to success. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I recently met these, um, two twins who are, um, they're friends of friends of mine. Mm. And they have one of the top five biggest YouTube channels in the country. Yeah. And um, and I was talking to them about YouTube and stuff. And we have like a lot of mutual friends. Um, or not, well, maybe not mutual friends, but definitely we know the same yeah. people and stuff. And that was like the first thing they said to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I've got a channel too, but I don't really upload that much. And they were like, oh, consistency is key. And I was like, yeah, yeah I know. And like, I've seen it too. It, it's with everything. Like two, the two people I think you have the biggest influence on me in my life in terms of the two figures in my personal life that I am most inspired by are mm. the two most famous people that I know and yeah. the two most fucking just all out straight up driven and determined yeah. people like i have ever i've never seen anything like it before it's sublime and there's a lot of similarities i think personality wise amongst people like that because it's yeah. just a trait and like it's mm-hmm. a gift to be like that because it it, it will really take yeah. places like that self-belief that confidence like that is you know it, like mm-hmm. a lot of people call nepenthes arrogant and like he probably is a little bit arrogant, but like, fuck it. Look at what he's achieved. Like mm. his entire life story is like fucking amazing. Just that he's done all of the things that he's done from what he's come from and stuff. Like, mm. it's, yeah, I don't know. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's fascinating. Like I, w- I went, you know, I went to school with, um, Zerka and Toby and, you know, f- 
Josh was flying in the face of effectively everyone who would uh, outright mock him for uploading videos to YouTube. And, you know, look at where that's gotten him. Yeah. Right. Fucking nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's not even made it outside of London. No. Um, <laughs> Fucking loser. Yeah. But yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it really is. The whole YouTube thing is amazing. Yeah. But like, what I really love is like, I, like I remember, I've known Nep since before YouTube. Yeah. And we used to talk about like YouTubers and stuff. Like we both watched Chris Move all the time. Yeah. And uh, and like Wings of Redemption and and oh, things like that. Yeah. And it's just fuck. I cannot believe that Nep has. 1.2 million subscribers. I know. But at the same time, it absolutely makes sense because everything yeah. I know about him just, like, I don't know, like, from day one, he's just been like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do it. Like, I yeah. lived with him for a while and I, like, I'm great at coming up with ideas for stuff yeah. and then slowly over time injecting that idea into what I'm doing. Mm. But it's at a point where you barely see the transition because it happens yeah. so slowly. Whereas Nep, like me and Nep would exchange ideas, and like I remember one time I came up with an idea that Nep should do. I was like, "You should, you should do this," and he was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna do it." And he just closed down the Elgato, deleted all the footage he had just gotten, and was like, "That's what." I'm, and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm doing that." And I was like, "All right, okay, you're doing it right now." And he's like, "Yeah, why wouldn't I?" And I was like, "Oh, just." I, I never Give knew that you could just be like that. I never knew that you could just come up with an idea and then just fucking go for it right there yeah. and then. Like I just, I'd never seen that happen before. It was so weird. And like, yeah. of course, like he did it. And I don't know. Yeah, that that I like. I think like to talk about other people and what defines them. I think what defines Nepenthes is his self belief. Because like mm. that will take you places. And I've always said it on this channel. Yeah. Like you, you need to believe in yourself because it will definitely carry you. Like we yeah. always do with this I think time I go for mine I guess you shine Let's throw your hands up in the sky So that was our episode on what we think defines you as a person, or at least some observations on what we think defines you as a person, or what defines anybody, and um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, and you want to leave a like or a re post or whatever it is on uh, soundcloud that would be awesome um i'll catch you guys next week for a completely new topic which is going to be about our favorite fictional characters and things of that nature so um i just said next week it won't be next week it will be in two weeks um but i'm actually not even in ireland at the time that you're listening to this so you should be amazed that there is even an episode at all we're closing out with good life by kanye west because i think it perfectly summarizes the thing that i was talking about at the end it's also an awesome song and kanye's a great guy and you should all download the life of pablo and listen to it this song isn't on it but just listen to it anyway i've been elden hero thanks for listening i'll catch you guys in two weeks it feel like it feel like philly it feel like dc it feel
feel like VA or the Bay or Yay. Hey, this is the good life. Tell me what's good Why I only got a problem when you in the hood Welcome to the good life Like I'm doing the hood The only thing I wish I wish a nigga would Welcome to the good life He probably think he could But, but, oh. I don't think he should Welcome to the good life 50 told me go ahead switch the style up And if they hate then let them hate And watch the money pile up The good life Getting some brain with it as she said I never seen snakes on a plane Whether you broke or rich you gotta get this Having money's that everything that having it is I was splurging on trips But when I get my car back activated I'm back to Vegas Cause I always had a passion for flashing Before I had it I closed my eyes and imagined the good life Better than the life I lived When I thought that I was gonna go crazy And now my grandmama ain't the only girl calling me baby